Hello and welcome to His and Hers Movie Podcast. I am one half of your podcasting duo, J-Pig the Hunter. Or am I the hunted if I'm the pig? Podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. And joining me tonight, as always, is the other co-host, Carly, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania as well. Tonight we're covering The Hunt. So Carly, how are you doing? I am mad because you said you are the hunter and you were J-Pig and I was going to say that you would be the hunted because you were J-Pig, but instead you went and said it yourself. So I am upset. <laughs> I stole your joke, essentially. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm fine, I guess. Um, you know, life is what it is right now and I am just uh, getting on through it like everyone else. Uh, not a whole lot going on obviously besides just watching movies i mean the plus side is i've been watching quite a bit more movies it seems like so that is nice but other than that like i said not a whole lot going on over here how about you how are you yeah i'm you know trying to stay inside besides going to work it's funny because both me and you our jobs aren't affected we're considered essential so, mm-hmm. um, everybody else is like out of work talking about quarantine day number six and stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm like day number six of work. <laughs> yeah. People um, are annoying with that too. They're like, if you're going out in public, you're pro- part of the problem. I'm like, I literally work with eight people and I'm not going to quit my job. So I don't like, and it seems like every job suddenly became essential too. Yeah. All this, like, I think all they're more talking about, open. I think they're more talking about people who are going you know out to just go out to the store to the gas station stuff like that either way dude it's like none of this like i'm still around people so it's like technically we're part of the problem too it's like there's no way to make everyone just stay in the house so it's i mean they could do that (laughs) i think it's all gonna be like i I, in my opinion everyone's just gonna have to go back to work eventually and it's just gonna be like it is what it is like they can't just keep everyone out of work for the rest of eternity. I mean, they can if they pay them, right? Yeah, but that's gonna, like, you just can't do, like, yeah, if they pay them, sure. Yeah. It it hurts the economy, of course, but, um, I think that's, like, I mean, there are places that are, that are doing complete, full, like, quarantines, I think, so. It's interesting, um, I'm not really, I'll be, like, I'm not like, my main concern is having enough money to live, you know what I mean? But, like, if... Oh, well, yeah, mine too. I don't mind staying home. <laughs> like, I'm cool with that, but I just need to make money. So, I'm like, I'm actually feel pretty fortunate right now. Like, it's I joked about the fact that people are, like, you know, staying home and stuff like that, and I still have to go to work. But I'm actually, like, fortunate that I still have a job right now when a lot of people don't. Yeah, me too. That's why, like... I mean, I hope I get to keep that job. Yeah, well, I mean, I what do you mean keep that job? Because they're, like, laying people off at my job right now, so I've been pretty panicked. How many people? Uh, just, they've, they laid off, they had, they finally got this, like, a replacement for our one girl who yeah, was pregnant. Yeah, but that lady was just the temp, though. Okay, you didn't let me finish, and then there was another, uh... Like there, so there's, there's been a few that have been laid off. That's what I'm trying to get at. In your department? 
No, in the other departments, but I'm just saying, like, the workflow has drastically gone down. Yeah, everybody's had. I mean, ours has, too. We've we've laid off, like, eight people. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, But, you know, um, I don't think that, I mean, but if you get laid off, like, you can still get some kind of, I mean, you're, you're, I don't think you can just get laid off, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. We were looking at our contract today, and that's really what it seemed like, yes. Hmm. Or you can bump someone out of their job, which is completely dirty, in my opinion, to, like, do that do to it. somebody. Do it. Well, I would do it. Like, I need my job. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I need to work. I, you know, live alone and to other yeah. people. This doesn't seem to be a huge deal because they all have families to, like, support them. But, yeah, I would honestly do it. I'm just saying it's, like... I think it's kind of messed up. I didn't realize that was a thing until I mm-hmm. started working there. But this is awfully depressing. But, yeah. Can we talk about other things? Yeah. Um, How was your week? I mean, that was part of my week. Like I've just been going to work and it's been dead at work. And um, I don't know, like this, this coronavirus thing is, is one of the, I mean, I, I, I think that other than maybe nine 11, this is the most, sort of impactful thing that's ever happened to me in this country since I've been born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I do remember when like the Katrina thing happened, like that, that affected a lot of people and it made, it was like worldwide depression for not worldwide, but at least like countrywide depression a little bit. Like, cause everybody was like, like that that hurricane seemed really 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 bad from my memories um but other than that it's 911 that was that was the one you know 911 and then the year or two after with the war and stuff like that um and then pretty much radio silence since then it's been kind of pretty easy i think we've i think personally you know i've under appreciated like just regular life Yep, me too. I mean, I did like those two things you mentioned the hurricane and 9 11. I barely really remember them. And even like with the hurricane, I do remember that. But even then, it's like that didn't really seem to matter to me or anyone in my life. You know what I mean? Mm. So this is like actually a worldwide problem. So I feel like it's very different from even those two things. Because even 9 11, it's like brought the whole states together but mm-hmm. it, you know it was just a incident that happened in new york and you know around that er- those areas so it's like it's not like every single state was actually affected by it but besides the fact that they were devastated by it happening well, and angry i, I just and mean came together I, I also mean just like <clears throat> the way it changed life because yeah. all of a sudden you know you had police at your schools with like metal detectors and like you had like all these scares about terrorism and like anthrax and stuff. And we would go through drills in school if there was like a terrorist attack and stuff like that. I just mean like to Mm. where it invaded your regular life. And it was like, everybody was so paranoid back then too. Like, like we didn't like, we thought literally that people were just going to start like, you know, doing it again or like, you know, taking it like, like suicide bombing schools and stuff like that. It was like insane. You know, so I remember it being 
like a huge life-changing thing at the time um but other than that i don't really have any things that like this is crazy like everything shut down like the roads are empty um there's no forms of entertainment other than what you have in your house um so it's i just never thought that i would see the u.s like that you know so it's it's shocking and it's scary but at the same time i think that like the silver lining in all this is once everything goes back to normal which it will like i truly believe that everything will go back to normal eventually um i think that we all will appreciate regular life and and things that we do a little bit more so if anything it, it made me me realize like once we have everything back to normal how much more i'm going to enjoy it yeah you know what i mean yeah so try to look on the bright side of things you know hopefully it you know it could be worse it definitely could be worse um the fatality rate is not as high as some some other viruses so that's good and then um you know it it always it always could be worse so i'm just trying to look on the bright side and looking for a brighter day Mm -hmm. yeah so what else did you do this week (laughs) i watched a lot Uh, of movies i watched a lot of movies again i've been killing it right now i didn't watch as many as i did the last show but i think we had a bigger gap that last show but at the same time i watched a decent amount so um you know that's been nice to come home and just watch a movie and relax um it's one of those things where i have like two podcasts this week so you know like four of the things i watch were for the other podcast so um mm. there's that but yeah that's pretty much all i've really done is uh watch movies um haven't gone to the store really lately i'm pretty stocked up on food and uh haven't had to get gas lately either which is nice yeah gas so, is a lot cheaper right now too yeah, but I, all I've done is really go to work, so it's like, usually I have to get gas like once a week or halfway through, or once every half a week, mm-hmm. week and a There's half. the 615 I mean. train. Yeah. Shut up, dude. <laughs> 615. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's been nice. Need oh, to get yeah. gas tomorrow, though, probably, but. I, 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 again, I'm just horrible as a host. I meant to, I literally start things and never finish them, so, um, it is March 25th today. So just so you know, because I wanted to start time stamping or date stamping these things and I failed again. Yeah, but <laughs> now you didn't because you remembered at least. Yeah, but it's like all awkward because <clears throat> it's in the middle of like an uh, intro. So. No, no, no. Whatever, no, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I mean, one thing that you, I, I, I think that, that, you know, when you talk about your week and saying how boring and lame everything is and not um, specifically not acknowledging one of the the most important aspects of your week and that was that we recorded another MRE video. Oh yeah, well that was like at midnight. I completely forgot about that. Um, We did do that. uh, And was it good? Was it not? You guys will have to find out once JPIG puts up the vid. Yeah, I gotta edit it still. I haven't even started yeah. yet. 
But yeah, we did do that, guys. So, of course, if you have not, subscribe to our His and Hers YouTube channel. I think I think we still have like 40-some on there subscribed. But, you know, it'd be nice to get up to 100 at least. So do that, and we promise we'll be making more videos. We have more MREs to do, and, uh, you know, whenever th things go back to normal, we'll do out and abouts and all that jazz. So, yeah, we did do that, and I think it went well. And like I said, stay tuned to see if the actual food itself went well or not. Yeah, I, I think that um, it might be a little bit shorter uh, of a video because we knew a little bit more about the MRE and we didn't have to walk through the entire thing. But um, shorter isn't necessarily mm -hmm. bad. That other one was a little bit long. So check that out. I'll probably say about a week from now it should be up. Um, yeah. And then uh, the other announcement that we're going to make is that um we have an episode of netflix and chill coming out so stay tuned to that um which we have yeah we back in a while yeah we're we're, we're we back see some people thought netflix and chill was completely dead but it's not completely dead it's just on the back burner a little bit because we like doing this more um but now that this thing has like you know we this was mainly theatrical films and like new vod stuff so it's like if there's more stuff coming out on netflix maybe we'll go back to netflix and chill a little bit mm -hmm. um so yeah we still want to keep this semi-weekly though if we can uh and yeah so i guess we should get into what we watched this week that we should that we should all right what'd you watch all right um so first up, this is one of the ones I watch for a future pod that I'm going to be doing, recording on Saturday, actually, uh, the Movie vs. Movie podcast, and that is The Good Son. Um, I forget what year this is. It's from like 93 or 94, somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, The Good Son, of course, with Macaulay Culkin, um, evil child movie. It's uh, it's one of those nostalgic movies for me, really. Um, I've wa I used to watch it quite a bit growing up it was always on tv my mom always really liked it so we would watch it together and uh more of a i guess psychological thriller in a way than horror but uh i think there, there's a lot of good horrific elements to it so um i've always enjoyed it um i think like i said there's it, it's a depressing type of movie too just the music in it what happens to you know elijah wood at the beginning it's really sad uh few moments are just like I always super, forget that that's Elijah sad. Wood in it because he's set like a kid you know what I mean yeah I used to Elijah Wood's another one of those actors I used to think he was just a kid actor and he didn't do anything else and then oh, really? when I grew See, up I I'm realized he was a, a ton of stuff you were the opposite you yeah knew about him yeah well yeah no I I didn't know he was a kid actor oh okay yeah, I always I, seen him in a bunch well, of stuff when he was an adult. Or like a, you know, uh, 18, 19. Teenager. Not really, eh, kind of. Yeah, to say kid actor is actually not even a good representation. I mean, like, I just thought he only did this movie because I don't think I ever even saw, I don't even know what else he acted in when he was around that age. But uh, yeah, at this point, I've seen him in a few things and I know he, you know, always has projects going on, but yeah, The Good Son. I, I enjoy that movie. I think it's a good one, one I like to revisit. But like I said, it's got a depressing vibe throughout the entire thing, pretty much. So you kind of have to be in the mood for it. Back then, it didn't really matter to me that much. But now I'm like, oh, this movie's kind of downer-ish for the most part. But I like it. Um, 
Then after that, I watched Orphan from 2009. Hadn't watched that one quite a while. Um, that's another one I watched uh, a lot whenever it first came out. I remember it first came out, a lot of people were talking about it in school and just in general. It was kind of the big horror movie hit back in 2009. It seemed like a lot of people really dug that one. And yeah, I like that one as well. Uh, that's one I picked to compare to The Good Son because I think it's got a lot of similar similar elements, of course. Um, Orphan being, of course, about another evil child of sorts, or is it? Um, um, see, that one is a film, like you said, it was like the popular movie. Um, mm-hmm. 2009 was when I was like just getting into the YouTube community, maybe 2008, um, but m- mainly as just a viewer. And I remember the one distinction I always remember from that era is like nobody liked anything. Like, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like, including Orphan. Well, it was just another one. Of, like, I don't nobody talked about it. You know what I mean? So it was like, um, I don't remember anybody talking about that one until a few years later when it hit Walmart's dump bin. And then it was like considered a little gem. Um but yeah, like nobody liked movies back then. Like everybody just complained about movies. Um, and I used to do that too. Like I used to like be like, yeah, F remakes and stuff like that. Like watching. Yeah, me too. Be like this guy knows what he's talking about and stuff. Like just a young, <laughs> like 18 year old or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, uh, it was funny because like, like I remember when Jennifer's Body came out because that had to be around the same time, right? 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That one, like, everybody hated on that one, too. Like, it was like, they're like, these people are ruining horror and stuff like that. Diablo Cody's ruining horror. (laughs) I do remember that. I remember people saying, oh, Jennifer's body, all it's doing is, like, sexualizing, uh, what's her name? Who was that? Megan Fox in that movie. Yeah, it was like, oh, this movie's just another reason to show like a hot girl on the screen. And I didn't see that one though back then. I watched. Well, Megan Fox was really hated back then too by most communities. Mm -hmm. She was just like, like she was like the what's the girl's name from Twilight? Uh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that she was like her. Like everybody just like thought she was a horrible actress and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I really like Jennifer's body, though, as well. Me That's too. one, like I said, though, I didn't see that until a few years ago, so I wasn't, uh, I actually didn't want to watch it back then because I remember people thinking it was a total joke. But... It's weird because I always thought that movie was a werewolf movie, My like, forever. I was just like, it just seemed like a werewolf movie to me. It's um, like Ginger Snaps. Yeah, it just, that's what I thought of, but it isn't. It's like a demon film or something or a possession film or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's a good one. Orphan uh, is also a good one. Uh, Vera Farmiga is in that, of course. That's probably the first movie I ever saw her in. And it's weird because she, she seems, like, so young in that now. Even though, she in Dead you know, Silence? She doesn't really... What? Is she in Dead, Dead Silence? Silence? I have not seen that. James Wan's movie? Wait, maybe I did. That's an underrated gem right there. I might have seen that. I don't remember it, though. And she I might don't not remember be. She might not be. <clears throat> I haven't yeah, seen but, that um, in a long time. Yeah, I think I did see that one. I don't remember any of it, though, so I can't really say. But after that, um, I checked out a movie, an 85 move, if you will, called The Deadly Intruder. Um, 
This is like pretty much a slasher movie, very lesser known slasher film that I just happened upon and um, watched it. It had like, it was like the crappy VHS quality, of course, but I actually liked it. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like a masterpiece of a film or anything like that, but um, it was just kind of like a fun, felt had that like Halloween ripoff vibe to it. It was about pretty much a mental patient escapes the asylum. And then he's like stalking this girl, uh, from, you know, outside her house. She kind of lives in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, she has a few friends over for dinner, including a love interest. But then of course they leave for the night and then the dude's just stalking her outside and then eventually, you know, goes in for the attack. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was solid. There was actually a few solid kills in it. Of course, there were sort of those typical off-screen kills, but um, you got that a lot of slashers anyway back then. But I actually thought the kills were decent in it. Um, it, it was a little bit ridiculous at times. Some of the acting wasn't that great. And um, story-wise, it wasn't, you know, obviously the most original or the best thing ever. But it was one of those 85 movies I was kind of happy to come across because... Um, 85, really, all the movies that are not as well known have not been the greatest, in my opinion. So this one was uh, interesting. One of those ones I probably would have never seen or heard of if it hadn't been for me, you know, trying going to do this 85 show. So that was cool. And I hmm. think you should check that out just to, for the sake of checking yeah, it out. Yeah, maybe so I'll do it on the... Uh midnight movie watches the facebook group watches which i've been doing a ton of oh yeah to mention that i think i've done four or five now and mm -hmm. nobody not, not many people actually show up to these um a couple of people but they're fun it like just last night like i'll, I'll talk about it in my what we watched good yeah um and then after that i watched crap Oh my god. Oh. You watched crap? No, I deleted my whole list. Okay, here it is. Never mind, thank god. Um, no, I watched uh, another 85 movie that was, again, pretty decent, and that was Murder Lust. Um, you had mm. mentioned this one to me, saying it was similar to Confessions of a Serial Killer in a way, and I do agree. Um, I feel like this one was actually uh, a little bit better, honestly, than that movie. Um, one I would like to rewatch because I kept getting interrupted, I believe, by you calling me. So uh, there is that. Um, but no, I, I liked it. Uh, again, it's another. It's just another movie where you're following a guy who is a serial killer, and um, he kind of is trying to be live a normal life, but then he's killing people in the background. So it's one of those disturbing films. And again, it's another one that I wasn't aware of ever, and I'm glad that I got to check it out. For the sake of the show. So, uh, you know, so far, 85 movies, the lesser known ones I've been doing well on, except until I got to this one, which was Horror on Highway 5. <laughs> this movie sucked. Um, again, it was very low VHS quality you, that I was watching Do you remember um, Dave ranting about that one? Yes, I thought, yeah, I, I, I did. Um, and it was one that I wasn't even going to check out, but then they actually... I believe they added it to Tubi because I don't recall it being on there. It was, it was before because I had it. I started it one night and didn't watch it. Oh. That that's a um, vinegar syndrome release. So I'm surprised Tubi has like that a garbage transfer. Yeah, it was, unless the movie. I don't, well, I don't know if it's, it's just garbage in general. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
yeah, it wasn't too good, but it was, uh, it just was super low budgety, uh, super horrible acting, super stupid dialogue, everything in it was just stupid. It was really hard to pay attention to. Again, it's like a slasher of sorts, and it's just, uh, you know, the 80s, they have their so bad it's good types of movies, but this one reminded me of like a, uh, a so bad it's good, not even so bad it's good, but just a bad low budget movie that you would see come out today which most of those aren't that good and don't really have the charm. And that's kind of what I got out of this movie. I gave it a 2.5 out of 10, just saying. <laughs> um, then after that, I watched The Conjuring 2. Um, revisit for me, I just watched The Conjuring 1 recently as well. And um, I only saw The Conjuring 2 one time. I didn't see that one when it came first came out. Um, I watched it for the first time a few... Oh, yeah, I did. We saw it at the drive-in, so no, I didn't see it when it first came out, because I'm bad at paying attention. Remember, it was, like, super dark. Yeah, you didn't really pay attention to the move. No, it was super dark. You, too, you no, also it was, had it struggled was super with the dark, move, I recall. But I still watched the move. <laughs> you did not watch the move. We both did not watch the move. Yeah, we saw The Shallows, was... and we saw the I feel so stupid. <laughs> Why? I feel so stupid. Just, can we delete the channel? No, dude, it happened to me, Please. like, last week, remember, when I was like, oh, I've never seen... Oh, yeah, seen the it. Martyrs. Yeah, and then I'm putting ratings on the website, and I go and look, and then I even reviewed it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're both stupid. Um, But yeah, okay, so The Conjuring 2, I saw the drive-in, and I barely paid attention to it. And I rewatched it a few years later on DVD, and I enjoyed it. I think you actually bought me the DVD. And um, so I watched it again the other night, and uh, this was probably the most attention I ever paid to it. And I actually thought it was pretty fantastic. I think I enjoy it more than the first one now. Um, this one runs a long time. It's like 134 minutes. Um, and honestly, I... For the most part, I think that's all well-deserved. Um, I think it actually kind of benefits the movie where the first Conjuring kind of uh, gets to the point a little bit faster. This one uh, gives you a little bit more with the Warrens and uh, just the investigation into this household. Gives you a little bit more with the family and the kids and all that. And I think it actually kind of benefits it. Towards the end, I feel like there was moments where I'm like, okay, it's. I feel like it's time to kind of wrap it up a little bit. But... Other than that, um, I think it works well as a sl the slow burn that it is. Um, I enjoy the setting of it as well, just like this house. It's not in the middle of nowhere. It's a house, obviously, just on this main street. It's just kind of in the suburbs. There's a lot of houses around it, and it happens to be haunted. Um, I think this movie is actually a bit, bit creepier than the first one as well with the uh, person that's haunting their house. I think he's just super terrifying and... Um, yeah, I had a good time with this one. I thought I think it's very solid, very uh, good atmosphere in it, and uh, creepy one. I like I said, I think I like it more than the first one now. So I'm glad I finally gave it the full attention there. Mm. And then um, after that, I watched The Crazies, which I'll actually be doing a podcast with uh, Mr. Derek tomorrow on this movie. But that was the first time watching me. It's the original Crazies with you know George Romero's The Crazies, and it was a first time watch. Um, and I thought it was it, it was interesting for sure. I don't want to give all my opinions here um, since I'm going to be doing a show on it. But uh, it's it just there were some eerie moments in it that were super relevant to what's going on now. Uh, not even just it was just certain dialogue that was said 
reminded me a lot of what's happening right now so it was uh very very strange and uh yeah that was that was an interesting one um and then lastly finally i watched let sleeping corpses live that's the other one that i'll be recording tomorrow and um Again, uh, that was a first-time watch. One I was always kind of curious on, and uh, I won't say too much on it, but I enjoyed it. I thought it had some good moments in it, and um, I liked the setting, I liked the characters, and I dug it. So that is all for me, and I am actually at 99 watches for the year, so almost really? to 100. Yeah. You're just a little bit behind me. I, I kind of sped up a little bit, but... Um, okay, so you said... Uh, what is Sleeping Corpses Live? What is, is that a zombie movie? What's that about? Yeah, it's a, it's pretty much a zombie movie. Um, yeah, it's about there's like murders going on and this cop's like zombies. They can't be real. And there there's like one. It's not like a million zombies coming at you type of movie. You know what I mean? It's kind of done a little bit different. So I dug it for that because I'm not a huge fan of zombie movies. But there's like one zombie in it that's kind of like the central focus and um. It was cool because, you know, like I just said, I don't really like zombie movies that much like the basic ones where it's just a bunch of zombies and it's like, oh, the end of the world type of deal. So this one was a little bit different. I like when they do unique stuff. Okay. So, All right. So first up for me, I watched 1961's The Innocence. That was a Patreon pick from Tyler um, Taddeo, uh, which I'll be doing on the next 22 shots. Um, I think he probably gave it to us since you reviewed it and then... Um, you know, he been following this podcast and he knows that we talked about the turning, which is based on the same story, the turning of the screw. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I watched three films from the sixties and that was my least favorite. Uh, oh. I thought that it was good. Um, I think I can see why people consider it a classic and stuff like that. It has very creepy atmosphere and probably was a pioneer in the haunted house genre. Um, I think The Haunting came out before it in 56, I want to say. But, you know, this is probably one that influenced the, um, you know, uh, haunted house genre, too. Uh, I thought the there was that really creepy scene that you mentioned with the um, ghost across the lake thing mm-hmm. um, or the pond. I, I, that is really creepy. The atmosphere is good and thick. I like the giant house, you know. I love the house. I, I saw somebody call, describe it as something like um, the house that's bigger at night or something like that. You know what I mean? The house Ooh, that feels yeah. bigger at night, which is true. Like all the haunted house movies always feel bigger at night. Um, and uh, I just think that the only thing that I don't really care for is the plot. I just I don't know if it's just this story because I've seen it a few times with the, you know, the turning and like I know that it's a popular adaptation. I just don't think I like the story that much the whole like possession thing and this one's ending was kind of a little bit weird too um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's got one of those abrupt endings it was kind of of the times Mm -hmm. i'm kind of at like a seven or something seven and a half uh and then fair enough yeah uh i know people are probably gonna be like what it's an absolute classic (laughs) you know but whatever that's my opinion um after that um i watched um uh, my 99th movie, so right where you were, um, <laughs> Slimy Little Bastards, um, Mr. Parker's directorial, I don't, actually, was this his debut? I don't know, it, his feature debut, maybe? Um, it is a anthology film where there's this uh, guy who's telling stories about these slime ball creatures, um, 
and it has Dustin Mills in it, um, Brandon Salkill, Aaron Ryan. These are people that um, you've seen in Dave's videos before. Um, and it uh, is an anthology. So, um, you know, it's completely no budget, do-it-yourself stuff, you know, so I'm not going to be too hard on it. It's uh, definitely um, looks cheap, at, you know, especially the, the first monster really cracked me up, like how they filmed the, um, you know, the, the, the killing, <laughs> I think of Jeremy, um, and, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, there's some funny dialogue in it with like this, this dude not knowing what juggalos are and stuff like that. And it, it was really funny to bring that into there that I really liked. Um, and I, I'll, I'll give Dave props for doing some I interesting camera shots too, um, with, with the camera. So that's pretty fun. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't say that it's a great movie, but I, <clears throat> I definitely was happy to see it. I like, I, I think no budget movies are so charming and honestly it makes me like when I watch them, I'm like, okay, I could probably do something like this. You know what I mean? So it's like maybe one day I'll actually like do it, you know? Because I always wanted to just make – we used to all the time when I was a kid make short films and stuff like that and skits. And um, maybe I just uh, need to start doing that one day. So it's inspiring. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that I think I gave it like a 3 out of 10 or something like that. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um but i did like it. it it was free on youtube dave posted it for the coronavirus uh movie 100 was a tv movie uh from 1985 called the bad seed i watched this in a facebook group watch um with mike merryman and was did anybody else stop in i think i don't i can't remember if anybody else stopped in during that but i think it was just me and mike on that one for the most part but it, it actually was pretty good you know it's about this little girl who is clearly a bad seed. bad seed um they try to make they try to suggest that it might be a hereditary thing which i thought was kind of different um i don't really remember the 50s version that much um because i watched it probably in like 2013 or something so it's a long time ago that i've seen that one but it was uh this one was actually pretty good i enjoyed it the little girl was like so great as a just not nice person uh so mm -hmm. i enjoyed that one and then after that uh 101 terror on tape from 1985 this is basically a clip show that just shows scenes from other movies um with a inter a um like video store worker um intertwined between the clips so he's like people come in and he's like here this movie is about this and this movie's about this and then they'll show clips from the movie um it was really fun uh but it's completely non-essential viewing <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's just a clip show um like real like real other movies like show oh yeah like deadly spawn um Ew. to the devil daughter the daughter and the devil whatever the hell that movie's called um yeah. trying to think of some other ones blood feast uh herschel gordon lewis's blood feast um it's a couple of herschel gordon lewis films i think um 2001 maniacs was that the other one that was there uh yeah some some movies looked actually actually pretty cool that I wanted to see that I hadn't seen before. Uh, some I had seen, so it was cool to see those clips. 
Um, but it like I could totally see if like let's say a VHS company had put all those films out on VHS, this would be a good marketing tactic to show off their other films and sell this film as being a film. <laughs> you know what I mean? So pretty pretty <laughs> creative marketing there, but um you know it's like a five just because it's like nothing you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. it it was fun um then i watched the platform the newest film on netflix which will actually be the feature of our netflix and chill episode so check that i won't talk too much about it just say that i did like it um then uh another facebook group watch thou shalt not kill except um 1985 trying to just grind out those 85 movies um, I didn't really care for this one that much. I don't think it's necessarily awful. Uh, it feels like a film that was made out of film school, which I think it was. Uh, it was part of that Bruce Campbell crew um, that uh, all graduated together and went and made films and stuff like that. So Sam Raimi's in it. Um, and I remember, I think in Bruce Campbell's book, he talked about this a little bit. So uh, I didn't really love it. I gave it a six. Uh, it, it's sloppy. It it is definitely Mm -hmm. sloppy. Um, but you know, it has that charm, but yeah. After that, I watched supersize me Two Holy chicken Morgan Spurlock's second documentary featuring fast food. Um, have you ever seen supersize me now? Uh, it was actually a really big documentary that came out in like 2004 or something. Um, Morgan Spurlock decided to eat McDonald's for 30 days straight and uh, he documented it. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, McDonald's. Um, if they, there used to be a thing called, do you want it supersized? They would ask you that in the drive through. And it was like uh-huh. these, ma- it was like bigger than a large, you know what I mean? So everything yeah. would just be even way bigger. Um, and you know, there like it really did change the the fast food industry because like you would go into McDonald's and couldn't find nutritional facts on any of the food, but not, then it became like mandated that you had to have that stuff. I mean, I think you always mm-hmm. had to have it, but it just was not regulated. Um, I remember I watched that documentary back in like '04 when I was like a kid, <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting. Um, so this one's a little bit different. It's just about. Um, the fast food industry and how like the farming industry is with that and like how a lot of it is like just misguided and fast food places aren't honest and the marketing side of things it's it was actually very interesting um he decides to open his own restaurant a fast food restaurant but be completely honest about what he's selling and uh yeah it, it was interesting but i don't know if it at first, I thought it was just going to be a sales pitch for his restaurant, but he actually ended up being pretty honest about everything, so I, I liked it. Um, gave that like a seven and a half. Um, and then after that, uh, we had um, Grizzly Man. I watched Grizzly Man, another documentary. Um, I had seen this film before uh, a long time ago when it came out, probably 2006 maybe. And I've always wanted to revisit it. It's an incredible documentary about a man who goes out into the Alaskan wild and pretty much lives with grizzly bears. And he names them. He talks to them. He cares for them deeply. Um, But as the film goes on, it's a Werner, 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 
Herzog film. Werner. Yeah, it's but they. I think the W makes the V sound in German. Oh yeah. Well, wait. I thought Werner the. Herzog, okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. such bad at language, so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it, the thing that is so incredible about this film is that it's a character study, man. It's it shows this man who um, had so many issues. Like he, you could tell in his previous life of just being a regular normal citizen, he had major issues. Um, he he was an alcoholic, a bad alcoholic, and he struggled with his. Um, you know, ability to connect with people. Um, he mentions that several times throughout his film about not being able to connect with women that well and stuff like that. And you hear testimonials from people that he was involved with. And it's just, it's tragic that this man who was searching for purpose, his whole, you could tell that's what he was doing. He was searching for purpose. Um, he wanted to feel important. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if he wanted to look important, cared if society saw him, him as important, but he definitely wanted self, you know, um, self purpose. And he sort of was misguided and, and contradictory in his, some of his beliefs, um, which the filmmaker Herzog points out. And I agree with him, but when, when you strip away all of that, you strip away all that stuff you could tell that this man had like an incredible heart for and passion for this, these animals and stuff like that. And it, and it was misguided in a way and it was um, blinded in a way. And I think that's ultimately the cause of his death, but it is a, like this dude captured, I like, I couldn't believe it. Some of the footage he captured, it was just like magic. It's like magic. Um, it's what it's what people hope for and dream of like capturing some of this footage um like with the foxes and stuff it's amazing but it dude there's some funny moments in this film like because he he had he you he has like a flamboyant voice like you would think that he might be gay just based on like um stereotypes but he even talks about not being gay which almost made me think like maybe you are gay dude and you're like hiding it you know because <laughs> uh, the way he was talking about it and stuff where he's like I wish I was gay you know and it, we're like wait nobody's did he know we were accusing him like <laughs> um, but he's like he'll just be like dude I like I'm gonna cuss for a second but he like this fox takes his hat and he's like I forget the fox's name he's like silver or something and he's like chasing it, following it through the woods. And he's like, he's like, Silver, come back. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, dude, it's so funny. He's like, he's like, took it to the fucking den. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, it's really fun. Like his, uh, <laughs> like he gets, he, when he cusses, it's hilarious. He says the F word a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, if you've never seen it, please check it out. It's on Prime for free. I think it might be on YouTube for free too, but um So yeah, I watched Grizzly Man. It's pretty fun. E. Um that's like a solid eight point five out of ten. Uh maybe even a nine. It's so good. Then I watched another watch party, uh Biohazard. Um I gave this one it, it's honestly like the production value is pretty solid on it. It's like a big 
like it feels like a normal like you know well-produced movie but the creature is so awful in this movie it's like horrible uh 1985 it's an alien ripoff kind of thing um there's some like good boobage in it there's like some good gore in it but the creature the most important part is like it's it reminded me of um power rangers like a creature on power rangers and then it also reminded me of the movie with um uh who who played henry what's his name uh um um oh come on he's like or uh, er, not uh michael rooker michael rooker yeah it reminded me of that film with michael rooker called hypothermia which was like a decent movie until you see the creature and then it's like wow this is so ridiculous um like it's a rubber suited creature like it's just like you could see like like where the costume like separates and you could see like the person's leg and stuff <laughs> it's horrible it's horrible um and then after that we did a double feature last night on the watch party it was me will and johnny pentagrast um that's probably not his real name i, I probably fuck, like butchered his last name because i do with everybody's <laughs> but um uh so yeah the biohazard was first and then to wash the taste out of our mouth of biohazard we watched um uh naked vengeance which have you ever seen that have you watched that one yet no i have not okay it first of all it is on tubi i think or prime or one of those scream factory put it out on a double feature blu-ray with i think vendetta um i don't own it but uh Mm. it is an i spit on your grave ripoff so it um follows a woman whose husband is like it almost reminds you of like um death wish or something her husband's like attacked and murdered in the streets and uh she moves back to her hometown where literally every single person in this town is rapey as f like every person she comes in contact with like seven eight people are like you know trying to bang her basically and she's like not having it obviously and um you know, she tells the police that there's people are harassing her and stuff. They, the police waves it off. Then, um, you know, basically like seven dude, like, I think it's six dudes like roll up to her house and, and basically rape her. And then she gets revenge. Uh, two of the kills are very good. Revenge kills. There's a burning and a drowning, which are very good. The movie itself is like so dumb. Like, it's just so like, nobody would do this stuff. Um, it's just too, it's just too over the top. Like, there's just no way that anybody would, it's like the decision-making in this film is horrible. (laughs) Like, it's just very bad. Um, but it is trash entertainment. Um, we had a blast. Me, Johnny and Will were having such a good time watching this. (laughs) It was a fun, it was like the perfect film to watch in the watch party. Cause we were all just like shocked at what we were seeing. But I can't believe I've never really heard people talk about this one because it's a, like the rape scene is like it's not as like impactful or powerful as a film like Irreversible or I Spit on Your Grave or even Last House on the Left where it like hurts your soul. Um, mm. It's more exploitive and it just looks like ridiculous, but it's just insane because there's six people. So it's like it's like, wow, I can't believe nobody really talks about this movie, but I gave it a seven out of ten. Cool. I'll have um, to check it out. And then right after that, I got a itching to watch a people hunting people film called Surviving the Game from 1994, uh, which this is a regular watch for me. I usually watch it probably like yearly. Um, 
it's a film that I used to watch literally in the 90s, like all the time. It always was on TNT. It was on Monster Vision a few times. Um, it stars Ice T, Rucker Hauer, Gary Busey. Um, it's one of it honestly is one of my favorite movies. I guess I just never realized it. Uh, it basically follows Ice T, who's a homeless man, and he uh, gets recruited by um, Rucker Hauer to sort of um, be a hunting guide out in the wilderness for him, and he's gonna pay him like 500 bucks a week. Um, and Ice T like decides to do it to try to get his life back on track. Um, and when he gets there, they're like, actually, we're going to be hunting you and they, you know, hunt him and, but he's no ordinary homeless man. He's smart. Um, so that's, uh, that's the movie. Um, Gary Busey has like one of my favorite scenes in cinema. And that's when he tells the story of his, uh, bulldog Prince Henry stout and what happened how he got a scar on his face (laughs) he's like nuts dude gary Busey is nuts in this film he's full on gary Busey. like this like when you think of gary Busey being like i'm gary Busey," like that this is what you think of this is full full gary Busey. um such an amazing movie um and it, it fit perfect because of the hunt which is also a people hunting people movie which i wanted to try to get in squeeze in one people hunting people movie um there's a bunch of them yeah. Uh, so, um, but this is my favorite. This is my favorite people hunting people movie. Um, I give it an eight point five out of ten. Probably the highest I've ever been on it, but it's one of my favorites. Love that movie. Nice. That's, that's Very it. nice. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. A lot of moves. A lot of moves. Yeah. So, I guess we can now go into the hunt. But um, first. Um, the, the, the people hunting people thing, it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm, it has. I'm sure it actually has been around forever. Um, uh, people have probably hunted people since the dawn of people. Um, yeah. probably for food mostly, um, cannibalism. Uh, but the sport of hunting people has at least been around since 1924, um, when I was in high school, um, was it high school? I, th- I think it might've been middle school. No, no, it was high school. It was high school. It was like ninth grade. No, it might've been middle school. I can't remember. One of the schools that I was in middle or high, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um, we read a story. Do you know what this story is called? No, really? A story? Like a book or a story? Like, like a you... short story. Like, you know, you'd have a big book and it would have a bunch of short stories in it. Like, yeah. Like a and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we read like a book. I like setups, dude. What was it? <laughs> I, I just assumed every kid read this. Well, maybe I would. Just let me know. I don't remember what I read in elementary school. That was uh, probably elementary no, no, school. No, not elementary school. It definitely wasn't elementary school. Huh. It was... Oh, it was... From 1924, written by Richard Connell, called The Most Dangerous Game. No, I did not read that. You've never read The Most Dangerous Game in school? What the hell did they teach you guys? We read, like, The Landlady and, like, The the Monkey's Paw. The Landlady's by Roald Dahl, whatever his name is. He also did... 
uh, a book called The Witches, as well as Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He did a bunch of dark books, but yeah, we've read m- multiple uh, stories. Is buddy, the landlady about that. the um, taxidermy? Yes. Ah, I've read it that is. one too. It's yeah. cool. That was in middle school. I read that, but yeah, we read might, books. This just, one I don't remember that. Middle school too. The most dangerous game. I always remember standing out because it was middle school. I remember now for sure it was middle school. Um, it was uh, a film or a, a book about a um, a uh, dude who shipwrecks on a island, and on the island there's this rich guy big game hunter who got bored with hunting animals so he actually um bought this island and you know set it up to where people shipwreck there um by i don't know confusing boats or something i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) um and he uh basically tells the guy like yeah i'm gonna hunt you i'm gonna give you three days i'm gonna give you a knife uh, or, or I'm going to give you a couple hours head start and I'm going to give you a knife. And if you survive the three days, I'll let you go. If you don't survive the three days, then you're obviously dead. Um, and he says that he, you know, and that's the title, the most dangerous game. So it's, it's, it's a double entendre too. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Why is yes. it a double entendre? Stop! <laughs> what? I wasn't paying attention because he was because da- I don't know because it's a game uh-huh. and it's a dangerous game. Dangerous game. Yeah, and then also, uh-huh. game is you know meat. <laughs> like Sports. yeah, the the the, the hunted. Yeah, so it's a double entendre title. Uh huh. Pretty cool, huh? Yes. Pretty and cool. that was made in 1924 and it was you know it was it was obviously a important film or important read because it um yeah it is popular read within middle and high school curricular curricula um due to thank thank due to the strength and themes within the story the first and foremost question of the story bears is it just is that of justifiable murder um Rainsford justifies his hunting of animals because he believes that man is superior to animals because animals do not fail. To contradict, General Zaroff believes that men are superior because they also have the ability uh, have are able to reason. Zaroff uses his reasonings to explain why men are the most interesting game to hunt. Men can reason and thus provide a challenge that no animal can contend with. The story simultaneously highlights. Uh, through the experience of Rainsford as he is hunted, the fears that animals must experience while being hunted. Yeah, pretty cool. I've always enjoyed the concept because I remember when we did that story, we talked about it um, and we talked about like how, um, you know, the animals like the obviously the humanity is taken away from them and stuff that there is no humanity. They're not humans. Um, and also, you know, what it's, um, how killing a human being is like much more, um, traumatic and stuff like that. I remember just being like one of the first times, like I was really into what we were talking about in school. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, when you said about a story, I thought you were talking about the Hunger Games. Mm. Which is the most overrated book series I have ever tried to read. Really? I was so I could not get through them. I did not understand what the hype was, but that was the big that's the big thing that comes to mind when I think of the hunting stuff. Yeah. And so, that was like popular when I was in high school. Um so, dude, don't. yeah, I remember that being pretty dang popular, honestly. Yeah. So <clears throat> here is actually a list of some other some um people hunting people movies. So nineteen thirty two we saw an adaptation of the most dangerous game in forms of a movie called the most dangerous game. And probably the first time we've really seen people's hunting people on screen. Um, and then in 2000, we saw a interesting take on the people hunting people genre with battle Royale. This is a film um, from Japan where the government takes over uh, a ninth grade class and throws them into a jungle and gives them um, a random weapon each. And they have to fight each other and pick each other off one by one in order to stay alive. And if you stay alive the longest, you're the last one left, you're the winner. Sound familiar? No. No. What? Are you being serious? <laughs> yeah. Dude, are you paying attention? No. I zoned out. Okay. I said it battle It sounds royale. like the It sounds like the hunt. No, it sounds like the Hunger Games. <laughs> it sounds like the hunt. Yeah, dude, I knew that. Everyone accused her of ripping off that movie and she was like i swear to god i never even saw that film i had no idea that film existed battle roy what battle roy who that was a big thing back when those stories came out that's what i'm saying yeah because it's it's like literally the same movie except for there's like a a dystopian future um like raffle to get into the hunger games while this is like they take a whole classroom um, but yes. Battle Royale t- 1 and 2 are both very fun movies. I've come around on them um, a lot more um, than I did when I first saw them. Uh, 1994 is Surviving the Game. We just talked about that one. Um, Rich Men Hunt Humans Escapade starring J- uh, Ice-T. Um, why are they calling him Jack? In this article I'm reading, Jack Jack- his name is... No, they're like... On the brink of suicide, Jack, a.k.a. Ice-T, finds salvation in the unlikely place. His name's Mason. Unless it's Jack Mason. I don't know. Maybe. But they call him Mason in the movie. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man, which I've never seen. Um, Me neither. Then we have The Hunger Games, 2012, uh, which follows Katniss Everdeen. I actually like the first film. I'm a big... I like... um, Jennifer Lawrence got it. I don't think they're bad. I think I've only seen one and two. I don't think they're bad movies. I just like was kind of bored by the books. I don't know. They were very popular to like teenage girls. Yeah, me. That's why I tried to read them. And I was like, it was also like after the hype of everyone reading Mm -hmm. them being like, you have to read these. And then I was trying and I was like, I just can't get into this. Um, 1965's The Naked Prey, which also explores the exploits of African colonial, colonial, colonialism. 
<laughs> um, and then we have Hard Target, which is 1993, um, starring Van Damme. I've never seen that one, but I think that's on a list of movies I'm supposed to watch. Target's 1968, not really necessarily a people hunting people film, but more of a shooter film. Uh, kind of like the um, University of Texas campus that uh, was shot up by the dude in the tower. Um, kind of like that. So not sure why it's on the list. Uh, interesting, Fortress 1985. So have you watched that one yet? I have not. Hmm. Probably going to have to check that one out. It's an Australian film. Um, Turkey Shoot is similar to this one. Turkey Shoot was 1982. Um, I think it made Jeremy's top 10 of 1982, and that's a people hunting people movie too. Um, but I'm going to have to check out Fortress. That sounds kind of cool. And finally, uh, on this list here that I found is Series 7, um, which I've never heard of. Um, but it's a survivor-like reality TV show, and um, but they must hunt each other to the death in order to achieve fortune and fame. So th- there are quite a lot of these movie uh, people hunting people movies. Um, I've I've seen a few of them. Um, I've I've probably seen more that isn't on this list. Um, mm. But yeah, so uh, gonna have to. Um, you know, check out a few more of them because it is a topic that I do like. Uh, so with that said, let's go into the hunt. Yes. Shall I read the synopsis? Yes. Okay. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a specific purpose. The hunt. <laughs> the hunt. Yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, it is about pretty much these people. They wake up in this clearing, and uh, they're all confused. They're all kind of scattered all over the place. And um, they there's, like, this box in the middle of the clearing, and it looks like it's going to, like, turn into the Hunger Games type of deal because they open the box, and there's, like, all these weapons in it, and you think, like, oh, it's going to be like that. Um, but honestly, the movie kind of turns the tables a little bit and uh things i don't know like would it be i don't know if i'd be spoiling this movie by like talking about it what do you mean like certain ass like i don't know it's just because it like it's not i feel like it's not what you think it is kind of what do you think it is just like another hunger games movie where it's 12 people just like trying to kill each other the entire time Oh, no, it's definitely not. It's people have put them there to kill them. It's not them fighting each other. It's it's people yeah. hunting them. It's yeah. yeah, like Hunger Games is like more of a battle royale like tournament thing. But this is like more of like along the lines of people hunting people as in like um, the, you know, there are, you know, people above this that are hunting these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. Okay, well, to me, I just felt like I felt like the trailer for me like made it seem like they wanted the people oh, to like hunt each did, other that's, for the matter. fun of it. Most yeah. people don't. I don't think that matters. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's kind of what I thought the movie was going to be. So it kind of curveball me there, and also I did not realize this movie was 
pretty much pure like satire comedic. Uh, I thought, well, yeah, I thought it was a serious movie, especially how it was uh-huh. marketed the second time with the poster yeah. that was like you know, um, you know, pulled from theaters and stuff like that with the pig on it and like all the quotes and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was going to be a completely different movie. Honestly, I would have preferred to see the movie that was on that poster, a more hardcore, like, um, it is violent, but it's, it's comedic Mm -hmm. violence. It's comical, you know, it's, it's almost like comic, comic comic-y violence, you know? Yeah, you Um, almost can't, you can't, like, really get offended by it, because it's, like, over-the-top type of, especially, there's, like, a scene at the beginning that's just, like, super gory and bloody, and it's completely unrealistic and hilarious so it's it's weird i would almost compare it to like ready or not in a way with the way the comedy plays out it's way more than that yeah i mean this is is pure comedy like there's a certain Mm -hmm. point in the film where i'm like oh this is a hundred percent of comedy first than anything else Mm -hmm. um I think that the comedy actually works pretty well. It just was jarring because I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know anything about this movie, you know, other than it was like, you know, people hunting people type thing. And I knew I knew that it was political. Austin complained that, you know, if you hated Black Christmas, then you should hate this film, too, because of the political nature of both of them. And I couldn't disagree more. Um, First of all, I don't think many people hated Black Christmas because it was political. It's mm-hmm. not why, you know, I think most people, I mean, there were some, there were some, but, you know, intelligent critics who are actually reviewing the film. I mean, one of the most um, intelligent people that I know, Mr. Watson, um, he actually, you know, hated the film, too. It was his number one um, worst film of the year, you know, or I, I don't know if you would consider that something to be number one about, but, um, you know, and he agreed 100% with a lot of the stuff we said in Fresh Cuts when we were on. It's not that it was political. Um, it was that it did not weave the political nature of the film into the plot in any um, cohesive way. It was jarring. It was, um, you know, it was in your face. And um, But that's not necessarily a breaking point for a film. It can be in your face. But is it, does it make sense? Does it fit what we're seeing on screen? And does your message get, you know, shown to the audience correctly? Um, in Black Christmas, it didn't. It was contradictory almost at a point. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just not good in Black Christmas. I'm not going to go too into Black Christmas because, you know, we did a whole hour podcast on that. But um, how it differs in this film is... It was just weaved in in a comedic way. This film is a comedy, so it didn't. It felt. It felt natural the political um, jabs that it was taking at both sides, um, and even mm-hmm. if it was only one side, or if it was only the left, or if it was only the right, um, it would be fine because the message doesn't necessarily matter what message you're sending. It's how you put it in the film. Was there funny jokes to be told about the way that these sides act? Yes. Did they tell the jokes? Yes. That is why it works in this film. And it didn't in black Christmas. What were they, were they were saying in black Christmas? They were not saying it with any type of finesse in this film. Whenever you have one of these sides being, um, you know, made fun of, 
uh, because of the, how ridiculous like some of their their you know beliefs and how and contradictory their beliefs are. It's funny because you know it's tr- it, 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 it it's true sometimes, and when you exaggerate it, it's funny. Exaggeration is funny. That's a lot of mm-hmm. comedians exaggerate. That's how it's funny. Um, in Black Christmas, uh, whenever you're talking about you know this this guy um not believe in this girl no matter what she says it's not it's it's first of all it's not it's a comedy so what it's not a comedy so it wasn't being played comedically um it was being played as like this is how men and people in power listen to teenage girls who are sexually abused so it's like what are you trying to do there is you're not trying to make that scene funny because that would make the whole situation lighthearted which it's not a situation to be taken lightheartedly you know what i mean it's a situation that's supposed to be serious so by doing it what are you doing what are you doing so it's supposed to be serious but it comes off fake and laughable and uh, ridiculous. So you, what? It, they're not weaving what they're trying to say properly with the plot of the film. This, it's a comedy. It works because uh, you know it's already supposed to be funny. Um, it's completely. It's just completely different. I, I couldn't disagree any stronger with what he said about that. You know, you if you hate this one, you should hate this one for being political. It's it's just completely differently made films. Do you yeah, get honestly, what I'm saying? I, I know it's kind of all over the place there, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, I honestly agree. Um, I think it's kind of a bold statement to try to say, oh, these should both be zero out of tens. You know, no offense to Austin, but... Um, wait, yeah, wait, 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 hold it's, on a minute. What, what what did he actually give this film? I am not... What did... I think he... I didn't even think he was that low on it. I think he might have gave it a seven or something. I could have sworn he told me that. Yeah. I could be wrong, but you know, what I mean, so it wasn't like it was like a favorable rating, and it wasn't like great or too bad. But um, yeah, and just the whole plot of the movies are completely different too. I mean, that one's supposed to be like a Me Too movement, like empowering women movie, and this one's just tackling completely different things and honestly black christmas is just a total cringe fest the way they spoon feed you all the details and want you to see like hey look at what we're doing here it just makes you feel you feel stupid watching it. it's like they think you're stupid and with this movie this is just a straight comedy um which uh, again i kind of knew going into it it was a comedy because austin had watched it a few days prior to me watching it and he had said he's actually the one who made he said people were making comparisons to Ready or Not, which I kind of agree with those comparisons. Like they're not that movie's not nearly as comedic as this, but um, if I had to compare it to anything, that's what the same kind of comedic vibes I got from it. Mm, but um, I don't see that w- at all. Not even a slightest I mean, not, bit for me. Not the plot, just the funniness, especially like the ending. The way I don't know. Maybe that. But, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm that. not talking about anything to do with the plot. I just mean like the way comedy. It, it's. I just, I just for me. didn't see that movie as a comedy, so it's hard for me to compare it. Ready or not? Yeah. There was, was comedic comedy, moments, yeah. but I don't consider that a horror comedy. I wouldn't label that film as a horror comedy. Would you? See, I think... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be. No. Especially no with way. that end. Like that that yeah, ending is... is like It's I am darkly it. funny, but it's not 
it's not a comedy. I don't think so. I listened to immediately. <laughs> Thriller I just, slash dark comedy, you lose. I don't care what IMDb labels it as. That's what it's supposed to be. Like, even that, like, it's over the top. Are you kidding? Dude, there were so many comedic moments. Like, that guy is sitting, like, trying to look up how to that's use like a the bow one, arrow. That's, like, the one comedic relief that I think of. Nobody. I didn't you just don't it, remember I didn't really the think movie. it was comedy, honestly. I thought, Maybe you I thought go it had comedic moments, but I didn't think it was a horror comedy. It but, is. Okay. But anyway. Um, Let's go back to this real quick. <laughs> go, what? Well, now I lost my train of thought. I was just saying, like, yes, Austin is wrong. And... Yeah. It's just, um, but th- no, I was trying to say, like, I went into this knowing it was a comedy, mainly uh, right before going into it. If he hadn't said that, I would have went in completely blind. But him uh, making that comparison, I was like, oh, do you mean, like, I was like, or, I was confused. And he was like, no, I mean, it's like straight up comedy. And I was like, wow, I thought it was going to be serious. Um, and I didn't mind it, honestly. I do see, especially with that poster, it says, like, dangerous a sick movie violence just yeah. all these horrifying uh, words nope i think that's bull and that that's probably the biggest complaint about the marketing is it was just wrong um but honestly dude like this movie is is a good movie it really is it's it's a it's a comedy though like you can't take it seriously um no. in the opening whenever you know this girl and this, all these people were getting these weapons and they have the key thing and then they start getting shot at and um like immediately there's like a swerve in the what you think the film's gonna be like you know following this girl and her (laughs) you know what i mean like what happens Mm. there and then what happens with the punji stakes and then the landmine and like all this stuff and i'm like oh wow this is remind me of feast or something like that like the opening to feast um where they just keep misleading what's gonna happen um and then i i think that honestly like there is some great jabs at um, both sides of the spec of the political spectrum. You know what I mean? Uh, the left, the right. You know the the like. I love how they like they diss each other. Like like call this one person. She's like, shoot me, you snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I find like I almost feel like the left got it way worse i don't know if you feel that way i don't know my politics okay um <laughs> i i i thought that this was going to be a movie hating you mean it's a jab it's a jab i i know what you mean you mean it's a jab on the elitists who are running the function yes yes yeah Wrong. and they're more they're more like um you know liberals and stuff like that so um, I think they get it a little bit more than like, I, I thought this movie was about like people hunting, like mega hat wearing people. You know what I mean? I thought that that's how it was being marketed. Um, so, and, and you know how I feel about president Trump. So I'm just saying that <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, 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 kidding. <laughs> You're not, <laughs> but you know, one. I thought that it, but no, seriously. Um, the thing with me is I can watch a film that completely stands on the opposite side of the fence of where I do politically or um, about any topic, really. You know what I mean? Um, I, if, like, f- for example, 
um, the musician Eminem put out a new song a couple of months ago called Darkness, and it was a anti-weapon campaign. It was a it was a um, it was not pro-gun at all, um, and I loved it. I thought it was a great, powerful message uh, that worked. It gave me chills and stuff like that. I am very, very, very pro-gun. So <clears throat> for but it didn't matter. You know, it, I can, I can look at your message and see the importance in it or like how powerful it is and still stand on my side because it's art, you know, and art, um, movies are allowed to have messages. It's not what the message is ultimately for me. It's how the message is presented to me that matters. Is it smart? Is it, um, capable of, uh, you know, sort of, uh, being intelligent with the way that it displays its information, the way that it tells you its message, or is it bullshit like black Christmas and how it was convoluted and, and just so badly done. Like, like Austin is insane when, when he defends that film, I just think that it's garbage. It's just completely garbage. It's a garbage movie. Um, Mm -hmm. this, this film is much more, um, tactful with its, messages because it's messages at the end of the day is all you people are dumb you're all silly you know what i mean all politics are silly that's the message and it's a good message Mm -hmm. because everybody the the extremes of any side are ridiculous you know what i mean so it's it's funny to see them sort of poke fun at that like um oh you like you think you're safe because we just made fun of them nope you're getting it next you know i love that like nobody's safe in the room of 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 what you believe in in this film because they take jabs at the people who love guns. They take jabs at you know um, the people who are uh, think that everything should be completely inclusive. They take thing they you know the um, people who are ah oh, like just the the entitlement of some people. Like dude, the, my favorite scenes in this movie is the whole final like you know, 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. the best stuff in the movie. Like the stuff with the grilled cheese, <laughs> um, like yeah. the reveals in that scene. Um, I actually found the lead in this film, the eventual lead, very likable. I was really into her. And then like the lead villain, I thought was just perfectly done because it's, it's like the scene where there, she's like, she's like, you people actually thought that we would hunt humans. And she's like, well, you are and she's like no but before that and i'm just like dude this yeah, is she's perfect like, well, yeah now yeah this is perfect this is perfect that that's what sold me on the film like at first i was like while watching it i was like this is decent but by the i got to that point i was like okay i give you mad props because this is awesome yeah i'm kind of with you like watching it i thought the same thing it was decent and then that final act i thought was really good and i thought the comedy really worked throughout the whole movie i really liked the comedy i i liked the part where um she first goes and or not even first go but when you first introduce to the the that old couple running the mom and pop like shop or whatever that is and just the dialogue between them i thought was really funny and over the top and just stupid like he takes a drink of that pop and she's like, no, that's poison. And he spits it out and she's like, it's so much sugar. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes like fun of everybody. Um, Even the like people that. that are just like, you know, watch your sugar, like watch what you eat. Like those people, you know what I mean? It's funny. Yes. But, um, 
Yeah, I really enjoyed the whole climax of the film. And I actually, I enjoyed the fact that this movie was completely opposite of what I expected it to be, actually. Which sometimes mm -hmm. that's can kill a movie for me. But I'm not super, like I said, the Hunger Games didn't really do it for me that much. And just the idea of people hunting people movies, I, for some reason... I am not super in hype on the idea, so going into this, I was like, eh, it's just gonna be, you know, blah, whatever, unoriginal, and uh, I thought it was pretty original for what it does, and uh, kind of how it turns out to be, so I did end up liking it. Alright, so, um, alright, let's go into our ratings, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about some reviews that are on Letterboxd. Um, so, um, me, I was at a solid seven throughout the ride. And when I got to the end, I was like full point increase. So I gave it an eight. Yeah, I'm kind of close. Um, I too was at a seven and, um, I enjoyed that, that ending really kind of upped it for me. So, but I'm so I'm at a 7.5 on it. I think it's enjoyable and, um, that's at 7.5. All right. Um, so let's get into a couple of letterbox reviews. Um, somebody that I actually do follow, um, Shelby from over on YouTube, uh, I follow her on letterbox. She posted a five out of five star review. I'm not even going to play around. This is my favorite thing I've seen in theaters so far this year. Literally, there isn't one thing that I didn't love about this one. The lead character was one of my favorite leading ladies. I've seen in horror in a long time. The gore was top notch. I'm a sucker for survival horror, but this movie got me laughing too. I adored it. Can't wait to watch it again already. So awesome Shelby. Uh, and then I found a guy who rated it a one and a half star on Letterboxd um, with 103 likes to his uh, rating. Uh, white hey. people dot dot dot. What did you say? I said dang. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I try to go for the popular ones or ones that we're friends with. White people, mm. dot, dot, dot. We really are the worst, quoted by Dan, the character. Um, it, I was really in the mood for a good political satire, but instead I got the hunt. Let's start with this. There is a remarkably small amount of hunting that actually takes place in the film. Okay, right away, that just is a stupid point to bring up. Um, overall, the story gets off to an incredibly quick, almost too quick start. I disagree with that too. Is there ever too quick of a start? I, I mean, and then it begins to lose momentum starting about 20 minutes into the story. The hunt culminates in a showdown that is incredibly unsatisfying with twists and turns that sink immediately upon delivery. The political satire is sparse and lame. The hunt attempts to skewer both liberals and conservatives liberals more, more so, but with the depth of, and tact of the stupid post credit scene for Vice. Dude, I didn't watch the post credit scene. Me neither. Oh. Damn it. I, I wish was going the, to yeah. sit through it too, and I didn't. I wish the comedy was more clever and biting instead of super simple stereotypes that do nothing to challenge the current political structures. It sucks. As a horror tale itself, it's passable, but nothing special. I'd skip it. Honestly, like, to me, that dude's main point is the jokes didn't land for him. And if that's the case, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, that's that's fair. I disagree with, yeah. like, saying that the film started too quick and stuff. Like, that, that's not even a real criticism. You know, you can't it's say like, that's... Why did the film these start are, too these quick? Are the, yeah, and these are the types of movies that you want to, like, get going super... Mm -hmm. in, yeah. You know, and it's and like they, a, and in they your slow face down comedy. later to tell you the backstory. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I wish the comedy was a bit more clever and biting instead of super simple stereotypes. I mean, there are some stereotypes in the film, but it's played for comedy. So, I mean, I, I get mm. what he's saying there where he's like saying that he wishes that it would have been a little more creative. But I thought it was I thought there was a lot of creativity in the in the uh, like that moment where <laughs> the dude's like all mad at the um, the uh, immigrants and the immigrant like talks in a regular voice and he gets so pissed off <laughs> like that. That thing is really funny. Um, and then, uh, unsatisfying with twists that sink immediately upon delivery. No, dude, that's like some of the best part. Um, and the Mm -hmm. political satire is sparse and lame. Sparse means like not that throughout the film, right? Cause yeah, 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 that dude's totally wrong on that. The entire Uh, film is all that Todd. Um, that was reviewed by Todd one and a half star out of five on letterboxd. Um, I'm actually curious to see what... Okay, Todd's favorite films are Phenomena, Do the Right Thing, Dogtooth, and Star Trek Four. So one out of Jeez. four on there. Um, his... Let's see. His average rating is... Kind of right where mine is. Two and a half to f- three stars. Um... Oh, let's see. He actually has reviewed some films here. Let's. I'm actually kind of curious to this now to see like what kind of films he's watching and reviewing. Um, oh, come on. Review the move. <laughs> Recent reviews. Okay, here we go. Um, so let's see. Let's find the first horror film on there. Gave it two started guns at Kimbo. Okay, Carrie. Four and a half stars. Alright, mm. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Phenomena, five stars. So, you know, he likes horror movies a little bit. He's reviewing some other stuff there too, but um nothing that uh, uh Halloween two, four stars. Some Jackie Chan Rumble in the Bronx. The Hitcher, three stars. That's where you break it. You messed up giving yeah. the Hitcher three stars. Um, okay. You know, the hunt wasn't for him. I respect it. Uh, disagreed with some parts of his reviews, but um, don't think it was too egregious in any type of way. Um, damn, he reviewed all the Fast and the Furiouses. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, so that is the letterboxed reviews, which I do enjoy doing. Um, I think that's a fun little segment here. Um, and that's it. I have no idea what we're going to do next week. Um, stay tuned for our episode of Netflix and chill. That's about the post covering the platform. Um, and with that said, I'm JP. You are Harley and we will see you guys next time. Peace.